All right, everyone. Well, welcome to another Devo with Jamie and Patrick. We are, uh, again, excited as we normally are for everyone to be here and to get into the word. You know, Patrick was just saying earlier today that this is one of the more creative things he gets to do in the week because we just sit down, talk about a scripture passage, and uh, it, it, it does feel kind of creative. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when sometimes when you're painting, it feels creative. Sometimes when you're uh, you're out there, maybe I don't know, working on something, designing something, getting your craft on. Uh, you know that that can feel creative, and you feel like you're kind of flexing the creativity muscles. And then when we read scripture, sometimes it feels like homework, and it doesn't feel as creative. Yeah. Uh, but I think, Patrick, I think you're right. I think when we gather here and we, we look at the scripture, there is something that uh, when we approach scripture that, that kind of captivates our creativity. Yeah. Don't ever ask me to paint your house. Painting. I will never. Painting is my least favorite thing to do ever. I will never ask you <laughs> to paint my house. Uh, okay. I won't do that. That is something I will not do. Great. Um but yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny because I I do really think that creativity and the scripture do go together. Now, some people are like, whoa, 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 back it up. You don't want to get all creative with God's word. It's God's word. It's a, it's an important thing. You can't just decide what it means. And and I don't think that's what I'm thinking about when it comes to creativity. I think there's something about it when, uh, when you have to think about um, God's word and you have to sort of decipher, well, what is this saying to me today? Or you have to put yourself back into a story and look at it and say, you know, what is actually happening in this story? What did it look like? What did it sound like? What did it smell like? Um, you know, what was it like when uh, when Jesus showed up and someone saw him for the first time? What was it like when he rose from the dead and people saw him for the first time? Um, you know, what were they feeling and thinking? And all that's create, all of that is creative. It's creative to be able to think through that. And it doesn't necessarily change the meaning of God's word, but it gives you kind of like a deeper understanding or a deeper dive into it. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. And I, you know, I have a, um, I, I've enjoyed some of that being creative with scripture and, um, and being able to, to try to understand it a little bit deeper, not from like a, a biblical study standpoint, but just from a, um, a creativity standpoint. So it's funny though, our scripture today, Pat, what are we looking at? We're looking at Matthew six verses nine through 13. And this passage is kind of better known, uh, as the Lord's prayer. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because it's kind of one of these passages that's, (laughs) it's kind of the opposite of what I was just talking about. Creativity. Um, some people get some creativity into it, but but when people pray, and I don't know if 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 any of you are ever in, in groups of people that pray together, maybe you pray at the dinner table, uh, maybe you pray uh, at night, maybe you, maybe you're in a Bible study and people pray at the end. Some people get real creative with their prayers, and sometimes that's good, and sometimes that can be a little like uncomfortable when they get a little too creative here. And so back then in this uh, in this time. Um, we have this, this deal where Jesus, his disciples are kind of like, you know, well, you know, how, how, how do we pray? Like, how does this work? And, uh, Jesus just lays it out. He's like, okay, this is how you do it. (laughs) When that's kind of like a rare, you know, you know what I mean? That's like kind of a rare thing. Yeah. The disciples 
didn't get to practice prayer as much as, you know, we, we do, you know, they, they were, they were with the guy that they would be praying to. So, um, but that's really good insight into, um, understanding ways to pray is like the disciples, you know, didn't practice prayer, but in a way they were always praying, you know, prayer. Mm. I've always thought prayer should is, um, intended to be very conversational with times to talk to God and times to also listen. Uh, yeah. And the disciples, they, they unknowingly got to do that literally all the time. <laughs> How cool is that? Right. So you think about like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to read a prayer in church and it's really important and it's very prayerful versus, um, I'm going to talk to God and have a conversation and walk down a road. Yeah. You know, like what, what actually is closer to prayer? Well, right. you know, <laughs> I think they're both good things, but you know, if I had to choose between one or the other, you know, get me into that uh, relationship with Jesus, get me on that road face to face. I mean, that you're like you said, they kind of unknowingly were living this three years of a, of a life of prayer. Yeah. Uh, kind of a cool deal. Sweet, man. Well, do you, uh, do you want to read it? You want me to read it? I, I think you should read it today, Pat. Yeah, I got it. Okay, we're going to start at Sweet. verse 9. Matthew Perfect. chapter 6, verse 9. It says this, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, yeah. Okay. So this is the Lord's prayer. It's called the Lord's prayer. Ironically, though, it's not the Lord's prayer. Uh, it's the Lord teaching the disciples how to pray. Yeah. Um, and so uh, some people have pointed that out. Uh, I think in the other gospels too, it's a little bit clearer that he's teaching the disciples just kind of straight up um, saying like, okay, this is how you pray. It's not, this is how I pray as Jesus, as God, it's uh, as Lord. It's, this is, you know, the prayer that you're supposed to do. In the Catholic faith, they call it an Our Father prayer because uh, it begins with Our Father. I appreciate that because hmm. that's pretty simple. Yeah. <laughs> name it, you know, it's like naming a, a song after the first line. That's a good idea to do. Uh, yeah. Because you won't forget that first line. That's right. So, sweet, man. So, this is Jesus instructing his disciples, telling them how they should pray. And he just gives it straight up. And again... That's a weird move because when you think about prayer, a lot of us get pretty creative with prayer. Yeah, and we sort of we sort of go out there and and do what we can to to pray and to talk to God. And maybe every time we pray, it might sound a little bit uh, different. Yeah, but here Jesus just lays it out. This sin is how you should pray. Yeah. So he begins with the first the first thing you do is our Father in heaven. That's who you're praying to. It's like a it's like a dear, like a beginning of a letter writing dear blank, addressing who, who this prayer is to. I think, I think that's important. That's good. Yes, it is good. And and here's something else that's weird about it. So it's our father. So it says when you pray, it doesn't say my father in heaven, it's our father. So it's plural. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, this might be kind of overstating it a little bit, but um, when we pray, this in some ways is saying we're praying sort of together. Even if we're by ourselves, we're praying together. And if, if you look at this verse, you'll see things like our Father, and then it talks about give us our daily bread, forgive us our debts, and we're going to forgive other people and lead us and not not into temptation. Yeah. So this prayer is like a corporate prayer, right? So it's like it's in normally when we say it, uh, at least in my experience, we we do that in church. Yeah. And we'll do that in like groups of people. So this isn't just a prayer to say on your own. It can be, but uh, it intentionally, I think from the beginning, was for groups of people to pray to God. I've also heard it sung. Oh, Every so yeah, often, that's true, huh? um, churches will, will sing it um, as a community. But yeah, you know, the whole thing is designed um, recognizing that uh, the Father is the Father of everyone, not just yourself, which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah. So our Father, so we know this is God. This is God the Father. Um, it, it's interesting too, or I don't know how interesting it is, but you know, in scripture, God has a lot of different names. There's a specific name of God. Uh, sometimes God is called, um, Lord, yeah. uh, here it's actually the word for father. Um, uh, so, and, and that's kind of a distinctive thing, you know, Jesus would refer to, to the father and. I think people then knew that that's what it was uh, that he was talking to. He's not just saying God in heaven. He's saying our father. And so that kind of right out of the gate denotes a relationship, right? Yeah. That we're God's children. Yeah. Um, but our father's not here. And that that's kind of a that, that's kind of an interesting thing, right? Because it takes a, a, a layer of faith and trust yeah. to believe that God is real and that God is in heaven. And so, you know, he's praying, he's praying to his father and his father is in heaven. So Jesus, as he's praying this, is also pretty uh, uh, understanding of where God is. Right. And where he will be fairly, you know, shortly within a few years here, he'll be in heaven with the Lord. And then he uses a weird word, right? Uh, Our father in heaven, hallowed or hallowed be your name. Oh, yeah. It's just like the, the word Pentecost that we studied on Sunday, uh, it's one of those words that I've only ever said in church or in church context. You begin this whole prayer by saying, okay, God, you're our God. We're together here. You're our God. We're here. You're in heaven and your name is holy. Yeah. What a great way to start a prayer. Yeah, it is a great way to start a prayer. It's It's just recognizing truth, hundred percent truth right off the bat. Now, I wonder, you know, back in the day, people would write letters to each other and they would always start out with like, dear Patrick or dear Jamie or dear whoever. Yeah. And then you, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that was kind of how you opened it up. Mm-hmm. And now in the text world, uh, <laughs> what do people start a text with? Hey, maybe. <laughs> Don't <laughs> or, even, you just get right to the point. Or you, what's you, up? Or you're just like call me now or I don't know. Yeah. You call get right now. to the point. There's no greeting. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're not really used to a greeting. This is kind of a good greeting right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I think when we pray, sometimes we get straight to it. We're like, God, I really need help with this. 
or God, I don't know what to say, or God, you know, we, we just jump right in. But take a minute, I think, when we pray, the, the Lord's Prayer tells us here, right? Take a minute to actually revere or give reverence to God, our Father yeah. in heaven. Hallowed be your name. And, you know, unlike the way society and culture has gone, we've never dropped the beginning of that in the Lord's Prayer. You know, like right. almost every Sunday um, in church, uh, we'll say that prayer um, together in the sanctuary. And we never skip that part. We don't just jump in and go, God, your kingdom come, your, your will be done. We start by recognizing um, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, holy is your name. So Patrick, this whole kingdom God's kingdom coming here and God's will being done here on earth as it is in heaven tells us, at least it tells me a couple things about heaven and about earth. One is that God's will is done in heaven. So heaven is a place where God's will is met everywhere. And that's kind of like a crazy concept to think about. Like if God wants it, it's happening. But that also tells us that here on earth, that's not a full reality because we're praying for it to happen. Hmm. Um, so this tells us a lot about us too as people because I think, I suspect that what that means is that people, we can choose, we can decide to not follow God's will. Hmm. Yeah. We can choose for God's kingdom and God's will to not be done on earth. <laughs> right? Like we Like maybe God's kingdom or God's will is that, uh, you know, let's say you find a $20 bill on the ground. Yeah. And God's and God's will is that you, uh, you know, take it to the nearest store to try to find the owner of it. But instead, you're like, no, I think I'm going to buy some ice cream. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing that one out there as an example, right? Yeah. And so, uh, and so maybe, you know, you're like, well, I think I'm just going to do my will instead of God's will. Hmm. Um, heaven is a place where God's will happens no matter what. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a cool idea, right? Mm -hmm. And so for us to be able to pray that we, we have to take that prayer and put it in our hearts and decide we actually want that. We want God's will to happen on, on earth as it does in heaven. Yeah. And I'm not sure everyone always wants God's will that to happen, right? Hmm. We kind of would rather have our own our own will happen. So this is a prayer that doesn't just ask God to do something. It's also confessing that we're going to be a part of that solution, hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that even if God's will is something that we don't want to happen, being true to letting it happen and understanding that God is in control is always going to be better <laughs> in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. I don't know if there's ever times uh, where my own will has been better than what God might've been planning. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like it in the moment. You're oh, like, sure. God, I mean, you know, you're like, Lord, I should be, you know, like right today, you should be surfing all day long uh, and there shouldn't be a red tide so you don't get sick. Or, um, or you know, for me, it might be like, oh, I should, you know, be able to uh, drive whatever car I want because why wouldn't that be the Lord's will? Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, and just do whatever I want. Well, you know, obviously it doesn't work that way. But um, a kingdom, just to kind of add this, right? A kingdom is where there's a king, where there's someone who's in charge. Yeah. Uh, and and it's where God's in charge. And that's basically a good definition of God's kingdom or of heaven is where God is in charge. Yeah. And God is going to provide. I mean, the next line is asking, saying, God, yeah. give us this day uh, our daily bread. And, yes. you know, in the kingdom, God will do that. He will give you all, everything you need, everything, because he knows. Yeah, no, no, it's it's a very, I mean, it's a cool, it's a cool image here. Like, give us today our, our bread for the day. You know, it's like, give us what we need just for today. It's not, Lord, give me a retirement plan <laughs> uh, when I'm 20 years old that, you know, I'll be set for life. I'll be good. The prayer is give us just what we need for today. Yeah. And kind of going back to what you said about you wanting, you know, why is it not God's will that I can drive any car that I want? It's, you know, your daily bread is the car that God provided for you. And if that's right. like a really awesome, you know, Ferrari, then, you know, that's might be your daily bread. But if it's, you know, like I drive a, a beat old 1997 Toyota Tacoma, but it's a beautiful my, truck though, everyone that's, but that's my daily bread. You know, God gave yeah. me that and is provides for me day in and day out. Even I drove it for the first time today in two weeks and it still provides. Huh. That's my daily bread. Um, and it's still started, so that's pretty good. Fired right up. No, no problems. <laughs> and you know, some people don't have uh, don't have a car; they have a bike. And some people don't have a bike; they walk. Yeah. And some people, you know, have injuries and things where they can't even walk. Right. Um. You know, and, and that's what God has has given them. But you know, if God gives us enough to get through the day. That's kind of what we need. I, I like to think of it kind of as like, if you have a pet at home or, and some pets take different amounts of attention, right? You might have like a super active dog that you have to basically spend a lot of time with. There's no way around it. Or you might have like the easiest of, of pets, like a goldfish. Oh yeah. And, and a goldfish for a goldfish to stay alive, you have to basically give it a tiny, tiny pinch of food once a day. Yeah. And then, you know, like occasionally you might have to change the water or some of that kind of stuff, but not, it's not super demanding, but there's this sort of daily habit of feeding your pets or feeding your animals. And, and I think of God in that way a lot. It's like, God isn't going to forget to feed us, you know? He's, yeah. It's not like, oh man, sorry. You know, I was on vacation and I forgot that I left you at home and I didn't feed you. Sorry, oops, my bad. <laughs> um, but it's kind of cool for us to pray and ask for our daily bread because what we're saying is, God, you're the one who provides our daily bread. Our daily bread doesn't come from ourselves. Our daily bread doesn't come from how smart and great we are at making money or at grocery shopping or at farming. Our daily bread uh, comes from God, mm -hmm. and it pushes us to ask him and to talk to him every day. But then, you know, the, the whole first part is, you know, asking God for things, for his kingdom come, for his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, asking him to give us our daily bread. But then we switch gears a little bit. Hmm. And yeah. now it goes to a time of forgiveness. 
and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Now, this one is kind of, uh, to me, when I read it, it's uh, an ask to God, but it's also feels like a demand to me from God. The part that says, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Sometimes that line hits home a little bit. Uh, yeah. Like it's time. weird to, you know, ask um, God to forgive us of the things that we've done wrong when we haven't been able to forgive people that we feel have wronged us. Uh, it's a kind of a call to action almost. Um, and, uh, you know, God will forgive us of all of our sins and we know that, but sometimes we as humans aren't very quick to forgive people who have sinned against us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting to ask, this is a big ask in my opinion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You look at this, like, this is a pretty big ask. This is like, Lord, forgive our debts. Now, if we fast forward and we realize the price for that forgiveness was, was his son dying mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. Like that's, that's a huge price. Um, so to ask for forgiveness of our debts is, is a pretty big deal because there's a huge price tag to it. Yeah. Whereas when we ask God for something like, Hey God, you know, can I get some water or can I get some food? That, that feels a little bit kind of small compared to Lord, forgive all of my debts. Um, and so that big ask that happens is huge because it makes us acknowledge that we need forgiveness. Yeah. And then just like you said, we can't ask for forgiveness unless we're willing to forgive. And this is a big deal in scripture. Yeah. My, my brother is a pastor and he called me one day and we just sometimes talk about Bible stuff. We talk about life. And he called me, he said, Jamie, uh, if you ever really want to make God mad, what would you do? And I, I was thinking about it and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe uh, I'd like not believe in him or... Maybe I would, you know, like commit murder because that seems like pretty bad thing, you know. So I was going through like kind of the Ten Commandments of all the the things you're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was looking at all those things thinking, you know, maybe I just like commit all those things. And he's like, no. He's like, if you look at the New Testament and you look at the Gospels especially, the thing that seems that God speaks most strongly about is forgiveness, if you don't forgive other people, man, that is like, Jesus seemed to have the harshest words for people who chose to be unforgiving. So I, I think for us, especially if we already have uh, Jesus in our lives and we know that we're forgiven and we're living a life that is a life of being forgiven, then forgiveness just needs to be like such a natural thing that we're able to hand off to other people yeah. and to give to other people. Um, even if it has a price to it. Yeah. Have you ever had to forgive someone and there was like a price tag to it? Yeah. Uh, I was at lunch with Megan actually. And I walk out after lunch and there was this giant, big, huge dent in the side of my truck. I was like, whoa, what in the world happened? And there's a car next to me with the same exact paint color. Uh, and, I was like, well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to see what happened. I'm going to talk to them. And in the moment, I was kind of getting a little frustrated. I was like, you know, they are going to fix this. This is just like so ridiculous. I can't believe that they didn't write a note. They pulled in and left. And so eventually 
after a while, the people that were driving the car showed back up and it was, um, this adult woman and her mom. And I was like, Hey, you know, check it out. I, I think you hit my truck. And she was like, Oh, uh, there's no way. I was like, well, uh, you know, kind of look, you know, it kind of matches the, the bumper of your car. It's the same color. And she was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess, you know, maybe I did the parking lot was tight. You know, she said a few things. I said, okay, well, you know what? I think I can fix it. You know, we exchanged information. We didn't talk to insurance or nothing because it wasn't that big of a deal. And I said, you know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to work on it. And if I, if it's like super rough, I'll call you. And if it's not, then you won't ever hear from me. And she goes, well, just take it somewhere. Just pay someone to do it. And I said, no, you know, I'm going to save you some money. You know, you're really nice. Uh, and we'll just like, we'll be fine. So I brought it home and forgot about it a little bit. And then a few days later I went out and I kind of worked on it a little bit and popped out the dent and got most of the paint off. And I figured, you know, why would I, uh, continue to, uh, you know, make, give this person who hit me more things to do, things to think about, uh, have to spend money over something that I fixed on my own for free. So I never did actually call her back and tell her. So she, she learned from me not calling that I did forgive her and her accident. And the cost was now I have a little dent in my truck, but (laughs) it blends in with the rest. So yeah, um, you have a little dent. You had to put a little bit of work into it, but you were able to forgive. Yeah. And uh, what's cool about forgiveness is it makes you feel better, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it makes the other person feel better. Yeah. It's like, and it's, there's some, there's something magical about it. Now, if you don't feel better after you've forgiven someone, um, most likely you haven't really forgiven them, hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Usually that means you're, you're still kind of holding on to it. So, and you know, it'll kind of wiggle back in, especially if it's a big deal or a lot of the relational emotional issues will come in and, and that'll really take over. But um, Jesus in this prayer, getting back to this prayer, uh, he's telling us that we've been forgiven, but we also have forgiven um, people that owe us. Yeah. People that have messed with us. Yeah. And so that is a, man, that is a, a harsh thing for us to have to think about because we're not always that forgiving. Right. So the, the last or the, uh, the last verse of, of the prayer that we normally pray, verse 13 is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Interesting little line. Um, it's, again, it's just asking God to uh, specifically uh, do something, but the lead us not into temptation, even though it's a specific re- request or ask is um, also very broad. Because um, temptation lurks in the darkness. Temptation can pop up anywhere. Temptation can is always right around the corner um, and waiting for us to come around the corner and it's going to pop out and get us. And so, you know, asking God to do that is so simple, but so essential at the same time. Yeah, it is. And man, that temptation thing is rough. It says, lead us 
not into temptation. And um, if sometimes if you like look at your Bible, it'll have a little footnote, and some of those footnotes you can go down. And, and so it, my footnote in my Bible says that the Greek for temptation can also mean testing. So lead us not into temp, into into a time of testing. And I think about that, and you know, Jesus just a couple chapters before here in Matthew. It says the spirit or God led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, hmm. by the evil one, yeah. right? So like the prayer here is that, that God wouldn't lead us into that time of testing because that time of testing can be really, really difficult. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean it won't ever happen, right? Um, right. But what we're praying is that God would not lead us into that, uh, but God would relent and have mercy on us. And that we would be delivered from the evil one. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus. He was led into the into the wilderness, but then he had this testing with the devil. Uh, there were three different things that the, that the devil or the evil one kind of put in front of him. And uh, Jesus used scripture to combat those things. And then at the end, it said the angels attended him. So God delivered him from the evil one in this case. And so that's also our prayer, that we would have deliverance from the evil one and that temptation would not uh, grab a hold of us. Um, and what's cool too in scripture is it says that there's no temptation that has seized you that's not common to man, uh, and that God will also provide a way out, kind of like a little umbrella uh, when when temptation does come along. So I feel for people with temptation, man, because it's everywhere. You know, you have yeah. temptation uh, at school. You have temptation at home. You have temptation... You know, like you're driving your car and you look at that speedometer and that thing goes up to 150 miles an hour, but the <laughs> speed limit's only 70, you know, right there. There's some temptation. Yeah. Uh, it's like in your face. <laughs> and so, and so it's, it's hard to escape from that. But the good news is that God doesn't lead us into that. God won't. And God also is the one who can deliver us. And then... The, the part of this that isn't included in, in the, in the scriptures that we always add is for that is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And it's a little praise that's at the end. My, uh, my little footnote again actually says that, um, uh, that some of the later manuscripts, like when they find, you know, the Bible, some of the ones that have a later date have that part for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, wow. uh, which sort of tells us this, this, that this prayer was used, um, as a prayer, but also, but also maybe even earlier as a song, Yeah, which is kind of cool too. Yeah. Um, kind of like you were saying, we try to do it today. So, you know, I don't know, Pat, a lot of people kind of wonder, well, how should I pray? What, what should prayer look like? And what's so cool is, man, scripture even tells us, like Jesus even told us, here's how you pray. Yeah. Uh, so if anyone out there is wondering how to pray, uh, open up your Bible, look at Matthew chapter six and go to verse nine, or you can even Google the Lord's prayer and it's all right there. And you can practice praying through these things. Now, when you do that, my one suggestion would be maybe try to understand what you're saying. You know, think about the words that you're saying, because when we pray, we pray with our minds and our words, but we also pray with our heart, like what we really want and what we really feel. And yeah. so if your heart and your words and your mind are sort of all matching up and your actions are matching up, right? Like asking for forgiveness, but also being a forgiving person. If all of those things are matching up and moving in the same direction, man, there's some effective prayer going on right there. So dive into it. Go pray the Lord's prayer on your own right now. 
that's all the time we have for this Devo. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Mm-hmm.